Tone Deaf is the journey of a theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. I'm sorry for me. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the show we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. So thank you all so much for your continued support of our show and for listening in and uh, just, you know, all your support. It's really wonderful and I love that everyone is coming on this journey of Warren seeing musicals that he's never seen before of seeing musicals that uh, of Warren learning very little over a surprisingly long amount of time I'm still sitting here because okay so this week y'all we're doing chitty chitty bang bang and (laughs) I'm sure that some of you are who know that we are in the millennial age group that would have probably seen this on tv or in daycare and stuff are going warren's never seen chitty chitty bang bang and that was my response too it's true (laughs) i've never seen chitty chitty bang bang i just uh, how did that happen i i don't know i i your mom had you watch darby o'gill and the little people and that's a deeper pull yeah yeah. i mean yeah it was darby o'gill and the little people sean connery yeah i don't remember that one very well either but the scariest fuck banshee (laughs) i i there's as our show has stated or i should say shown uh, time after time again, there was a lot in the cultural zeitgeist true. that I am unaware of. Because I still can't believe that your first exposure to Sound of Music was this mm-hmm. show. <laughs> because I live in my own little bubble. Uh, and I, I think with a lot of musical stuff, excluding a lot of the, the Disney animated stuff, mm-hmm. um, because I'm musically challenged and mm-hmm. I just don't hear things that other people with normal ears hear... <laughs> It just never appealed to me, you yeah. know, especially how many times do I not remember the tune correctly? Like, <laughs> even after just listening to something, I can't recall it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get words wrong mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. which is why I love subtitles. <laughs> My brain is just not built to handle musical theater. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. I just am still surprised with this one. <laughs> I... <laughs> Are you going to ask me what I know about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? I know that you know the song a little bit, but what else do you know? Uh, it's a flying car. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the car flies. I don't know if it's powered by the heart of a forsaken child. Uh, I don't know if there's witchcraft or magic. I assume magic. It can't be technology because it's an old, uh, uh, old show. It doesn't take place in like industrial era england 1910 for the movie which we'll get into uh 
the background of it. But okay, so, so I'm doubling down on my uh, cursed hard of a forsaken child theory. <laughs> uh, I think witchcraft sorcery was involved. Mm-hmm. Somebody jammed a, a child who was no longer working in the factory at a... At a <laughs> At a productive level, and they were like, we oh, will Jesus. still get use out of you, child. Oh, my God. So, going Frostpunk with that, okay. Wait, what? Have Have you... Oh, it's the game that I've been I, playing yeah, off I've, and I've on. I've not played Frostpunk, but what well, do they do with children? I know there's child labor. Oh, boy, is there child labor. <laughs> do, do they kill the children when they can't be used anymore? Um, there are do they put the options children... where you can either let the child stop working if the kid gets injured, or keep them working if they don't, and that has consequences. And every time it pops up, I'm like, fuck, this is bleak. Why am I still playing this game? Listen here, Timmy, just because you lost one arm doesn't mean you can't use the other arm. You have a perfectly good hand and a perfectly good hook. Just use them together... <laughs> Pick up the coal so that Everyone. we can keep the generator going. Everyone has to do their part or we're all going to freeze to death. God, that game's fucking bleak. Anyway, um, <laughs> I love it, though. So You would. I, I would. So, like I said, the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was a staple of childhood for a lot of folks being played in daycares, preschools, after school cares for all of us 90 kids. 90s kids, except for where Warren was, apparently. But Warren. <laughs> Doing subliminal messaging to our listeners. Uh, I would say maybe maybe subliminal insanity? I don't... I wouldn't say it's messaging. Um, did you know that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang has a lot of connections with James Bond? What? Oh, was it written by the same writer so, who who made... Okay. This sent me down a goddamn rabbit hole <laughs> because of my hell brain. <laughs> so I'm going to try not to sound like the embodiment of, of the Charlie Day meme right now. This is connected not only by Ken Hughes, who directed Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, was also one of the directors for Casino Royale, Oh. The 1967 version that's oh. a parody basically, or loosely based off of the Bond novel, Casino Royale. But, and it, there are more connections like this. Um, we have the film being produced by, and I'm not fucking making this name up or any of this, I swear to God. Albert Romulo Broccoli, a.k.a. Cubby, who produced a lot of the James Bond films. But that's not all. Ah, Mr. Broccoli of the Broccoli Fortune. Yes. <laughs> I When I read that name, I was just like, what? <laughs> Definitely an alien who's thinking that he's passing as a human by naming himself <laughs> after an earth vegetable. But then, then, we covered this. Broccoli is not an earth vegetable. It was not, okay. It was not brought here by space crabs, okay? The Mercora had a tragic end. And the only thing they left us was broccoli. But how did broccoli survive the impact of the di- that killed the dinosaurs? Because it's broccoli. <laughs> so is broccoli the cockroach of vegetables that it broccoli just won't ever feels, die? Broccoli feels like the cockroach of vegetables. I don't know how long we're going to have broccoli coming out of our garden now. Mm. <laughs> Once it is pl- Once it has been planted, it will not die. It can only be devoured. 
delicious, delicious broccoli. Anyway, um, but okay, so we've got we've got the director from the very first Bond, like it, well, not first Bond movie, but the Bond movie based off of the first Bond book. Um, we have the producer for all the Bond films and the book that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang the movie is based on is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang the Magical Car, which was written by Ian fucking James Bond 007 Fleming himself. (laughs) When I was going into this, I was like, oh, this will be straightforward. Easy peasy childhood whimsy. And then here comes Ian fucking Fleming to make me go, wait, what? (laughs) Oh, I mean, he's got range. Children's media and... Adult, well, not adult, but, you know. And, like, from what I can tell is the movie is very, very loosely based on the novel. Gotcha. Super loosely based. Liberties are taken. So I'm using that as a way to dig myself out of the rabbit hole I was going down because Warren, Warren. Okay. Warren. Okay. I was this close to just devouring a book in a night just so that I could do a comparison between the <laughs> book and the movie. But we don't need to, because while the car is indeed magic as fuck in the book, it's not nearly as whimsical as in the movie. And the book takes place in, like, the 60s instead of the 1910s. Hmm. And Ah, so the, so the not... book was, the, the 1960 version, uh, there was flying prostitution and drug use in the back of the magic car well there were gangsters involved instead of what you're going to be seeing there's a magic car there's a magic car flying around the sky see we can get our hands (laughs) on that car see we can use it for all sorts of smuggling see no goes over borders through over checkpoints no one's gonna know feel the wiser see and and like there's gonna be a romantic subplot in the movie that is not present in the book because in the book your protagonists are already married with kids. It's not inventor so, with two kids, like single dad meeting a woman. So there's no, so there's no making of children in the back seat. No, of the magic there's car. no making of children in the back seat of the magic car in any of these versions. But which, now in the porn version, oh, porn parody. Jesus Christ! <laughs> chitty, chitty, bang, bang, indeed. Bang, bang, chitty is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> so all right all right all right back to back to my notes like i said this is based on the novel by ian fleming these were in turn based on stories he told his son uh for bedtime and after his heart attack that he had in 1961 uh he started writing them down but unfortunately he passed before the book was published in 1964 um, but when it was published it was one of the best sellers of the time uh, the screenplay for the version or for the uh, movie was written by Mr. James and the Big Fucker Friendly Willy Wonka <laughs> himself, Roald Dahl. And fucking Christ, this feels like a Roald Dahl movie. And it kind of is funny to me because Roald Dahl wasn't a big fan of the movie adaptation of his work. Mm. And. The liberties he fucking took. I'm like, that's fucking rich from you, doll. It's, it's a bit of uh, hypocrisy, for <laughs> yeah. sure. 
Yeah, Why didn't uh, they stay true to my vision? No, I'm not staying true to your vision. Yeah, yeah, fuck your vision. Anyway. <laughs> um, fuck the, your vision in the car it flew in on. And and he, he wasn't, like, the original writer of it, but he was the one who ended up with the uh, finished screenplay, uh, as well as... Uh, input from Ken Hughes, who we're going to get into. He probably shouldn't have been directing this movie. <laughs> and then we also have input from Benny Hill and Dick Van Dyke, which we'll talk about shortly. <laughs> so um, we have the the film was first announced in 1965 with Albert Broccoli, fucking hell, that name, <laughs> uh, being involved. Uh, and that was announced in July of 1966. In December of that year, Dick Van Dyke was brought on as the lead. These fucking names. I'm going to try. <laughs> Caractacus Potts. What? <laughs> Caractacus Yes. What? <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> oh my god. That's that's the leading one. That's okay. the lead. Um, and he was originally, uh, or and this was the first film in his multi-picture deal that he inked with United Artists. And then Julie Andrews was going to be. Here we go. Here we go. This name is real. I. I am not making this up. So, Julie Andrews was going to be his co-star, Truly Scrumptious. <laughs> Are we sure this isn't all... Are we sure this isn't the porn parody? Right? <laughs> I forgot how fucking weird the names were in this. And, like, Caractacus Potts is the name in the book, because it's supposed to be like a play on Crackpot. Mm-hmm. Because he's an inventor, and so it's like, haha, he's a crackpot, but truly scrumptious is not the name in the book. No. <laughs> mm. That is so rolled mm. doll. Um, but Julie Andrews ended up declining the role, probably because she didn't want to have truly scrumptious on her resume. Yeah. I play truly scrumptious. <laughs> and so, mm, yeah, you are, baby. <laughs> So the role went to Sally Aunt, Sally Ann Howes, who was, uh, fun fact, the one who replaced uh, Julie Andrews on Broadway in My Fair Lady after Julie Andrews went to join the London cast. And I'm starting to sound like the Charlie Day meme again because of all these fucking connections because <laughs> we also have King Pelinor from the Camelot movie in this as Grandpa Potts. And then uh, we get Benny Hill, Fat Benny Hill, as the toy maker. He's also uh, the one who was suggested by Dick Van Dyke to help punch up the script. And they hung out on set a lot, had a lot of fun, talked about they felt like they were born in the wrong era because they were both big fans of, like, Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin and stuff. And that era was long past in film. And then we also, I want to bring up uh, another person, Robert Helpman. Robert Helpman was the child catcher. And I bring him up... <laughs> I bring him up because in the scenes where he was with the kids, he was like super friendly and awesome with them and like trying to make things more comfortable. Because he's super creepy when the yeah. camera's rolling? Yeah, and it also was probably really helpful because Ken Hughes hated kids, the director, <laughs> oh, and God. did not know how to work with them, complete with Dick Van Dyke and Robert having to remind him not to curse in front of the child actors. <laughs> 
I am just imagining this. <laughs> you fucking little, you fucking little shits. You flumped the line, you little bastard. Remember, you can't say bastard to the children. Ah, fuck. <laughs> and uh, Ken actually really hated making this movie and hated the final product, but at least everyone else involved had fun. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the real fun is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the music is written by the Sherman Brothers, who also wrote the music for Mary Poppins, which you have seen Mary Poppins, right? Yes, okay. I have okay. seen Mary Good. Poppins. It has been decades mm-hmm. but i have seen mary poppins okay good a um full of sugar makes the medicine go down <laughs> i'll make something else go down. i don't know i don't know i'm tired i'm tired because this this whole script has been like in my brain just going what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck <laughs> did i read that right yes i read that right why did i read that right yeah so um they also, uh, in this movie, there's going to be a song at, that I am very curious to see if you catch it, because it was parodi- parodied by Family Guy, and it was a fucking deep pull that they took a song from this. It is not Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but I'm almost certain that you will recognize the song instantly. Maybe. It's... it's We'll we'll get to it when you see it, and I'll be curious to know if you catch it. You'll have to look over and see if I'm doing the dog head tilt, just like burr, burr, burr. burr. Anyway, um, so the titular car was designed by Ken Adams, and there were several different versions of it, with one actual functional one, Sans Flying version, and I'm pretty sure that that's the one that's owned currently by Peter Jackson. We. You said an actual working one, you know, sands flying, like, like it's an actual working car. I mean, it doesn't fucking fly, but it, it's a car that drives. <laughs> it's a car that drives and does car shit. <laughs> With the beep beep and the honk honk and the vroom vroom. <laughs> um, and so they start filming in 1967 in the Pinewood Studios, as well as on location around England. Uh, they get some shots driving through France because the sun was better there than actually in England, because England... Because um, <laughs> England's perpetually overcast. Yeah. England's a lot like Seattle, from my understanding. Yes, yes it is. And uh, Germany, uh, including Neuschwanstein Castle, Neuschwanstein Castle, I can't ever pronounce this fucking name, uh, Cinderella Castle. <laughs> the one that they use for Disney. They went to that castle and filmed there, too. Um, oh, is it like all pointy like that? that yeah, thing? yeah, it's it's okay. it's one that you'll see it and go, oh, that castle. Oh, okay, okay, I know oh, that right. castle. That's a, that's a good castle. I see that castle that over castle. there. They don't they don't make them like they used to. No, no they were they were very drafty back then. They were very drafty back then. They, they make them better now. <laughs> um, they have plumbing. <laughs> Oh my god, so, um, during filming, there were some mishaps. (laughs) Um, one of them being the child catcher cart tipped over with said child catcher inside. (laughs) And so IMDB, uh, talks about that Dick Van Dyke recalled Helpman being able to swing out of the carriage and literally skip across the crashing vehicle 
and claimed that he did this with such incredible grace and much like a dancer, which was what Helpman was known for before this movie was being a dancer. His grace is what saved him from being crushed by the cart. <laughs> yes. And uh, we also... Roll an athletics check. <laughs> a 20. Anyway, um, we also had Dick Van Dyke getting injured during the Toot Sweet segment because... This guy never fucking warmed up before dancing, which, no, <laughs> what the hell? Nice, Dick Van Dyke. I don't like, need to warm up. Like, watching anything with him, knowing this now, just makes my knees hurt. <laughs> Especially knowing what happens next. So he feels this pop in his leg. Oh, that's never good. And is like, huh, that's weird. And then realized he couldn't walk without limping. So he goes to a doctor, and the doctor's pretty much like, yeah, you're 40, and you're 100% arthritis. You are a walking, talking arthritis man. You are going to be a wheelchair in a couple of years. Stop it, arthritis man. Arthritis man! If you send him... We need arthritis, man. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> and then Dick Van Dyke responds to this allegedly jumping up and dancing, which the doc's like, In oh, front of shit. the doc? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, fuck you. I can dance. And the thing is, the thing is, he was able to dance in Mary Poppins Returns without any assistance, and he was 90 fucking two when that was filmed. Is he dead now? No. He is still alive and still I, performing. Why did I think he was dead? I don't know. He's been to Salt Lake Comic Con a few times. Jesus Christ, what <laughs> drugs is he on that's preserving him? I don't know. His joints should be fossilized by now. But instead, he can fucking dance like he did back in the day. Like, fish what oil. the fuck? He's just injecting fish oil directly into his kneecaps. I, I want to know, Dick Van Dyke... I know that you're listening to this. Sorry for all the swearing. Can you donate some of that essence to my broken ass? <laughs> Can you fix Kay? Can you Can give you Kay some of, some of your youth? My knee went out on me yesterday. Not the surgery knee. The knee that's supposed to be working fine. And I don't know what I did. I just woke up and it hurt. What the hell? I'm 33. <laughs> this is not normal. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Orth <laughs> Orth arthritis. God damn it! <laughs> Your arthritis person, the arthritis avenger. <laughs> anyway, um, the limping. The uh, I don't know. The limpers assemble. <laughs> Beat you with my crutch. <laughs> anyway, um. Speaking of the dancing, there's some impressive as hell stuff that goes on. Uh, there's going to be a toy box dancing scene, which I know will freak you out. That's impressive. <laughs> oh, God. Be because Sally Howes filmed it in one take. Uh, Dick Van Dyke's contribution to the scene is him mimicking a puppet on strings, which was apparently done with the assistance of him being on a two meter long string while the puppeteers were moving what they needed to so that he looked like a marionette. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, the film was expensive for the time and for the studio, ending up costing about $10 million. Now, this being tone deaf and us talking about a movie musical being released, released in 1968, using these context clues, Warren, do you think the film made back its budget or not? I want to say yes, it did, but just barely. The film only earned $7 million. Oof. Oof. Yeah. That's and a big loss. Somehow this isn't in the movie musical Apocalypse, but it's probably because it wasn't Fox, 
which was the main producer of movie musicals because they kept trying to recapture their success with Sound of Music. And looking at their track record, especially later movies, I'm kind of like, that seemed like a fluke. So Fox produced Sound of Music, Mm -hmm. which is very anti-Nazi, and now Fox is like all Nazis. So... There is a little bit of a difference between 21st Century Fox, which is the film arm, and the Rupert Murdoch Fox News arm of Fox. But they're all owned by the same old asshole. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. 20th Century is now owned by Disney, which (laughs) makes uh, Maria a Disney princess, so... I know, but, but I'm still just like... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a little weird. It's a little weird, because then you think about Fox Affiliates and the fact that our Fox Affiliate in Utah is not actually part of that Fox network. It is part of Tribune Media, which is, uh, they're not Sinclair, so it's the most left that you'll ever get in Utah, <laughs> because, fuck, I hate this state sometimes. A lot of times. Especially right now, because it's it's being hotboxed, but not in a fun way. Yeah, yeah. The fun of sitting in a fishbowl. See, okay. (coughs) The the Salt Lake Valley is the perfect description of why you should never put your fish in a fishbowl. Because stuff just stays. Mm. It just stays in. It gets cloudy. And it gets horrible, and you can't breathe in it. Just like if you put goldfish in a fishbowl. Don't put goldfish in a fishbowl, folks. Y'all don't get case started on the proper treatment of goldfish. Yeah, yeah I'm going to move on in my notes so that uh, <laughs> I don't get on a soapbox. So um, the reviews for this one did not help. And this one from uh, from Time Magazine is probably my favorite. This was a contemporary article. It has lines like, Written by Robert and Richard Sherman, Mary Poppins, the 11 songs have all the rich melodic variety of an automobile horn. (laughs) And at a time when violence and sex are the dual sellers at the box office, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang looks better because it's simply, it looks better than it is, simply because it's not, not all, all bad, bad. (laughs) <laughs> Lots. Okay. <laughs> However, this was the 10th most popular movie in the U.S. during its release. And again, it is a cultural fucking milestone because The Flying Car and Dick Van Dyke and songs that will get stuck in your head until the day you die. It's not perfect. It's probably not even great. I know that I watched it as a kid, but never really watched it more than when it was on at daycare or at a summer day camp when they would go, do we watch this one or matinee with John Goodman? Kids like the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? Yay! Have you ever seen matinee, by the way? Because that was a fucking choice. No. <laughs> no, I haven't. Is it, a, is it actually a musical about the Cuban Missile it's Crisis? It's not a musical. Oh. It's just, it's a, it's a movie that came out in the 90s that John Goodman is like this horror movie mogul and decides to market a movie in Key West at the same time as the Cuban Missile Crisis. And it is, 
it was a fucking choice when they played that for my age group <laughs> at day camp. I'm like, I think I was like nine or ten because it was like the last year that I was doing day camp before I told my mom. I'm like, mom. It'll save money. Just let me stay at home. I don't want to deal with these fuckers. <laughs> I'm a big kid. I can I can microwave my own food. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. I won't burn the house down. You've seen me I, cook. I will it's re- okay. You taught me how to make roast lamb at I, like seven. I will read and watch TV, and that is it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was one of those like I do not want to deal with these people ever again. I might have <sighs> matinee. Did it? Because it it was pretty new when they decided that that was going to be the movie that we fucking watched. <laughs> it was like <laughs> probably more for the it was probably a movie choice more for the adults than for the kids, and they were like the sort of adults because it's that era where they were having you know people that were our age being watched by folks who were Gen X that we go, you were only 10 or so years older than me. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Bigger kids you watching should, little younger kids. You should not have been in charge. <laughs> you poor, poor person. I can see. Anyway. <sighs> anyway, that all is the weirdness of trying to figure out how to present Chitty Chitty Bang Bang for you. So shall we see... One of the longest fucking children's movies ever made. (laughs) Before Harry Potter. (laughs) Like, seriously, before Harry Potter, this was the longest kids movie. God, I hope they don't do a Harry Potter musical. There's a play. There was a lot of racism surrounding it because they cast a black woman as Hermione. And people oh, got fuck. horrible about it. Yep. I remember it and went, wow. <laughs> well, let's go chitty chitty bang bang. <laughs> Can we just skip to the bang part? I mean, we do have something to present to our audience, and I don't think that mm. iTunes would let us present that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I guess that's true. No. Plus, what would we do with the rest of the, you know? (laughs) (laughs) What would we do after the initial 30 seconds? (laughs) Let's go! Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our Patreon sponsors? It is! Woo! We would like to thank our stage crew sponsors, Jeff, Reagan, and Jasmine Wu. And our producer circle sponsors, Jesse, Bianucci, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Everybody has a story, and not all of those stories are clear black and white issues, even when we think they are. We wonder how did this happen, or what is that like, or what happens next? Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss at IWB Podcast. And now... The lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. 
I'm so sorry. I mean, it's not my fault, because if I would have written the ending, well, we know how I would have written the ending. But... So, Warren, how'd you like uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Or rather... (laughs) You know, I thought it was harmless and had a fair amount of of fun whimsy to it (laughs) up until a certain point (laughs) where I was, okay, this is where it's going. And then the movie just jizzes in your face. (laughs) Doesn't warn you. And then expects you to be okay with it. No consent. No prompting. Just... And then that's it. And then you're you're left there unfulfilled, unsatisfied. Covered in shame. Because you sat through this. You were expecting some kind of satisfaction. But no. No, no, you're ju- you're just you're left angry, angry and unsatisfied, and upset, upset that people get upset that you haven't seen this. It, th- this is a musical punch to the face. It's a musical slap in the balls. And I don't like it. It makes me... I do... Do not... Do not let my calm demeanor fool you. I was raging. There was profanity. There were threats of violence. And, uh... Because this is an audio medium which can be used against me in a court of law, I am choosing my words carefully now that they're being recorded. And what I will say is fuck you, shitty, shitty, bang, bang. Fuck you, shitty, shitty, bang, bang, shitty, shitty, bang, bang, fuck you. So, like I, my notes, okay. So I will say I wasn't nec- my saying I was upset at you not seeing it was No, 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 I don't I don't yeah, mean you. No. I don't mean you specifically. Wait, are people legit been mad at you for Well, no, no, well, you're not the first person who has been like, "Wait, you haven't seen Wait, you haven't seen that?" Like, you know how mm-hmm. people will you will they'll be like shocked that you haven't seen something. Yeah, yeah. Chitty Ching Bang Bang is one of those things that growing up as a kid, people were shocked that I hadn't seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Now that I've seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I'm shocked that they were upset that I haven't seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I wish I could find those people and be like, what the fuck did you get out of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? What is wrong? They got some weird ass fetishes. I'm going to take a sip of my lime seltzer while I, while I gather myself and then I'm going to read these notes. What because I have a lot of notes, and I have thoughts about this show after writing these notes. And there's things that I need to say 
that you, my darling, sweet, wonderful K, are going to be subjected to because I was subjected to this. And we need to talk about my feelings. <laughs> that is the most important part of any relationship. Talking about feelings? Yes, and tell me, tell me where the magic flying car and the child catcher touched you. Uh, as the words came out of my mouth. <laughs> okay. Went, That's not a great joke. All right, one, one more sip. Kirkland brand. It's like what? 20 cents a can or something? Yeah, 20 account? cents a can. <laughs> Better it's... than Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Tastes like budget. <laughs> and oddly enough, more flavorful than LaCroix. <laughs> oh, right? La- LaCroix, mm. is, LaCroix is watered down pine salt. <laughs> yeah, the lemon, the lemon Kirkland sparkling water is... It tastes Better like lemon sparkling water. It doesn't taste like pine salt. It feels like somebody dropped a lemon in a bottle of water and then pulled it out. And they were like, <laughs> do you think anyone will notice? They're like, nah, it'll be fine. <sighs> Kirkland's, or not Kirkland, LaCroix. I don't know. It's like someone held me down and violated me with a bottle <laughs> of pine salt. But then I woke up and it was like a bad dream, but you can still... You know how, like, you ever have a dream that's so vivid you feel something from it? It's like that. <laughs> it's like being violated with a lemon. But not really. You wake up and you're like, I swear someone shoved a lemon up my ass all the way to the back of my throat. I can, I can taste just the memory of citrus. Okay. I think I'm on one today and not a lemon. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Let's get through this so that I can forget about it. <laughs> Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. 1968 movie musical. <laughs> the show opens up with a black screen and the sounds of a car going vroom, 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 vroom. And then cheering. The screen stops being black and instead goes to old-timey color with people crowded around a car and... taking old-timey photos while cheering. (laughs) While the credits roll, we see that it's a race in France in 1908, and lots of different motor cars are being shown off, and their drivers are getting old-timey photos taken. The crowd scurries about as the racers line up and set out. And I can fucking taste the smell of the air through the screen as these (laughs) plumes of smoke just billow out of these old cars. Yeah. Uh, mm Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Okay. The winning number three car crosses the finish line, and the driver goes to collect his shiny trophy. We then see the same thing taking place in Germany, and all the cars go vroom, vroom, bang, Mm. bang. The car number three wins again, and and a wreath is placed around the front of the car. Yay! And now we're in 1909 at the British Grand Prix. Neat. Only this time, the number three car doesn't win and instead dies in a fiery crash because of veering off the road to miss a little girl and dog who wandered onto the track. This is foreshadowing. (laughs) 
After the fiery explosion, we see the old rusted shell of this once great car sitting in a man's yard while two little crotch goblins play in it, <laughs> pretending to race and not die in a fiery crash. <laughs> An old jerk-off Englishman comes over to buy the car, much to the kid's dismay and protest. He then eases the kid's concerns for the car by explaining that he's going to crush it into a big chunk of metal and then melt it down into hot iron. The car is terrified and being faced the car is terrified at being faced with its own mortality and shivers. <laughs> the kids then go to the man selling the car and ask if they can buy it instead, so the car isn't brutally murdered through the mass murder of that is recycling. I can't take this kind of pressure. <laughs> I must confess one more dusty road would be just a road too long. Worthless. I You'll be happy to know that uh, I predicted that you were going to do that, like make a reference to that. Because I, I was like, do I make a reference to that? Or will Kay do it? And Kay did it. <laughs> that scene fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> so the man agrees that the crotch goblins can buy the car if they come up with the 30 shillings. And so the crotch goblins rush off to their <laughs> daddy to ask for money to buy chitty chitty tetanus. As the kids are running home... They almost become roadkill as a fancy lady in a fancy car, almost fancy vehicular woman slaughters them. The woman yells at the kids for running in the street and tells them to get in the car and she'll take them home. As they're driving, we learn that the little girl's name is J uh, Jemima and the boy is Jeremy and the woman is Truly. Truly asks the kids why they're not in school and won't their father be angry? And the kids are like, nope. Not one bit. Truly delivers the children home just in time to see their father attempt to light himself on fire with a rocket-propelled <laughs> wing back thing on skis. Franz Riechfeldt. <laughs> and she runs over to throw water on him and ruin his perfectly good rocket pack. <laughs> the Truly and Rocket Man get into it about how rude Truly is for her assuming that he, a man, would need her help. And the kids not being in school, who gives a shit? <laughs> and uh, just her general not minding her own lady business. We see the insane grandpa come out in his military outfit and say that he's going to India to have tea with the Maharaja and proceeds to dance walk into the chicken coop. <laughs> Truly, not being defeated or deflated, follows Rocket Man into his windmill workshop and sees all the inventions. The two argue about the boiling temperature of his candy-making machine and Truly ends up leaving deflated and defeated. She's having trouble starting her motor car, though, and Mr. Rocket Man is a jerk but helps her get the car started so that she can leave. We then see Rocket Man going back to his children who are like, Daddy, Daddy, we want a new mommy, and Miss Truly is <laughs> truly a sweet piece of ass, Daddy. <laughs> to which Rocket Man is like, Yeah, she is. The things I would do to her. Then he quickly realizes his children don't want to hear about it. And instead he sings about how all he needs is the two of them. And we get a bunch of Rube Goldberg devices that prepare breakfast dinner. But it's breakfast foods for dinner, so Brenner. The rocket... The rocket... Yule Brenner. Yule Brenner. Sorry. The rocket... Isn't... Wait, Yule Brenner... Is that... No, is that the, the guy who designed the Nazi outfits? No. No. Is that? No. That's. Wait, Yul Brenner. Why? Okay. Why is that name familiar? And who am I thinking of that did the Nazi outfits? 
Ergo Boss. Ergo Boss. Is Hugo, the, boss. Hugo Boss. <laughs> Hugo Boss. We'll, Hugo. We'll do the King and I with Yul Brenner. Okay. Some, he was he was an actor. He was also in Westworld and. Uh, yeah, the name is super he familiar. He gets mentioned in the one song that you know from Chess. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I have seen the original Westworld, so I'm sure I've seen him. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember that he's not a Nazi yeah. uniform designer. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Rocketman is using his witchcraft machinery to make Brenner for his children. The Rocket fam sit down to eat. And the Rocket the, fam. And the kids catch their dad up on the whole mean old junk man is going to burn up our special car, but Mr. Cog said that if we have if we get the 30 shillings, we can have it instead. And the dad is like, fuck. Well, <laughs> we can work something out because I want you guys to get your car. And the kids cheer and kiss their father and grandfather goodnight and rush off to bed to have sweet dreams about riding around in their tetanus mobile. The, <laughs> the grandfather then tears into his son about not having a real job and making promises that he doesn't keep like fixing the leaky roof in his bedroom. We then see Rocket Man back in his workshop where he's looking at his sweet treat machine and the dog blows through one of the candies and it makes a whistle and Rocket Man gets an idea boner. <laughs> the next I- the next day, we see Rocket Man. Oh, and- I do want to point out that uh, the song that he sang with the kids, while that is the one of the songs that Family Guy has covered, <clears throat> it is not the deep pull song that Family Guy did that, again, I was like, what? <laughs> that one's coming up. It is coming up. Much like an idea boner. <sighs> the next day, we see Rocket Man and his rocket spawn with a bag full of idea boners <laughs> at the local candy baron, only to have Truly show back up and let it be revealed that she is the crotch spawn of the candy baron, which makes her truly scrumptious. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, God. Rocket Man decides to leave since there's no way the woman he insulted the other day will allow him to pitch his idea boner to her father. But Truly likes Rocket Man's idea boner and helps him get a meeting with her father. Who, uh, really doesn't give two shits of hot sugary syrup about Rocket Man's fruity flute. But at Truly's insistence, Rocket Man follows Candy Baron into his factory and continues pitching his sweet toot. (laughs) Eventually, he bursts into song and is able to charm the candy baron with his idea boner, but it turns out that the sweet toot has an unfortunate side effect of doubling as a dog whistle, and all the feral dogs with an earshot come into the factory to cause havoc. And the feral dog with an earshot here runs out of the room. (laughs) Yeah. She did not like that. Yeah. The Candy Baron yells at Rocket Man and threatens to call the police on him, thus effectively defeating, deflating his idea boner. <laughs> that night, the kids are like, It's okay, Daddy. It's not your fault that you failed so hard. We don't need our magic car. You can use the money for your series of failed inventions instead, Daddy. <laughs> and the dad leaves to sing a sad, sad song about how he's such a rocket-powered failure. Rocket Man is all sad and shit and looks into the distance to see a cart on the horizon and he gets an idea to go to the circus and try to peddle his inventions there. (laughs) 
At the circus, Rocket Man is competing with the other carnival barkers and eventually outbarks them all by getting a volunteer for his automated and hygienic haircutting machine. I guess Rocket Man gets too excited and pedals too hard, causing his haircutting machine to shave a circle in the volunteer's head, which understandably pisses him off. And a wacky chase ensues with Rocket Man running every which way to avoid having his teeth knocked down his throat. <laughs> Rocket Man finds his way into a performance troupe and ends up participating in singing about how everything's better with a bamboo shoot or something. <laughs> bamboo shoot, a bamboo shoot. Everything is better with a bamboo shoot. You put it in your mouth and you give it a toot. That's what you do with a bamboo shoot. <laughs> That's the deep pull that... <laughs> A bag with, of weed, a bag of weed, everything is better with a bag of weed. You don't need crack and you don't need speed. Everything's better with a bag of weed. <laughs> Anyways. And that's why I laughed so hard when we watched that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the performance was satisfactory enough that people gave the troop money. Enough money for Rocket Man to buy the tetanus mobile, and we see him in the next scene honking the horn of it while it's being towed back home by his horse. The kids are ecstatic, of course, and the grandfather gives his son shit for buying a car that doesn't drive. We then see the kids encouraging their father to fix it. Go on, Daddy. Daddy, fix it for us, Daddy. In the following minutes are Rocket Man and his montage of slab dickery as he's <laughs> fixing the car with all sorts of odds and ends, like using a boat and, yeah. and shit. The kids are ungrateful, of course, and complaining about how long it's taking for him to fix it. <laughs> but much like Jesus, on the third day, <laughs> or however long it took, the car emerges from the barn, all resurrected and shit. And the kids lose their fucking minds. Rocket Man decides to take his family on a picnic in their shiny new car. Well, shiny newish car. But Grandpa refuses. <laughs> Might as well be a new car. Man. But Grandpa refuses because he's insane and he thinks that he's going on a mountaineering expedition to Alaska. You know, the Grandpa kind of reminded me of the grandfather from Soap a little bit. Shit, I don't really remember the Grandpa from Soap. <gasps> I remember... The, the rich douchebag who cheated on his wife, mm -hmm. and I remember the the other guy who was his counterpart with the normal family, but I don't remember. Oh grandpa. my gosh, some of the best scenes in Soap are with him, because he's the one who was shell-shocked in the war, and... Uh, okay, yes, okay, okay, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I do remember him, because he, yes, okay. I don't know why I didn't remember him. Don't, don't they call him the Colonel? Yes, and oh my gosh. We should rewatch Soap. That, was a that would show. be better than <laughs> watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, does Soap have a musical? No. I wish. I wish Soap had a musical. Yeah. I would like a Soap musical. I, I wish Soap had had a final season actual, and not ended ending. on the way it did. You know, that's a series I wouldn't mind if it got a revival. Mm hmm mm hmm Or a continuation. Yeah. Like a logical continuation. Just pick just pick it up in the mm -hmm. modern day era. Mm -hmm. But with all those those soapy tropes and all yes. that all that yes. good stuff. Oh, oh back just, to this. Then we could start a soap podcast and I don't have to get into the part of <laughs> Chitty Chitty Bang Bang that made me so angry. I, I can't do a soap opera podcast because they always put no, the mic no, right just, up on just them soap. and it just just soap Oh, podcast. just soap the T V show. Yeah. Ooh, that would be a fun sideshow. Anyway. Uh yes. This diversion over. <laughs> Yes, that's right. Grandpa thinks he's going to an expedition in Alaska. 
As the kids and their dad are driving, Jeremy comments on the noise the car is making, and Rocket Man explains that the car is talking. All cars talk. And they determine the car is saying, you guessed it, dear listeners who have not seen this show, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And thus, the classic song is sung. And the song ends just in time for an almost head-on collision with Truly, who veers off the road and into the pond from earlier, where she almost killed the kids on the same road. But for some fucking reason, she's not able to back up out of the pond like she did in the earlier scene, and is instead like, What the fuck am I supposed to do now, huh? I can't just back out like I did in the earlier scene. That would make <laughs> too much sense. <laughs> and Rocket Man instead goes over and carries her out of her fucking car 12 feet to the road. Mm-hmm. Truly is all bitchy about the car, but is persuaded to leave it and go on a whimsical seaside adventure, complete with a fucking creepy song about the kids <laughs> singing to Truly about how truly, truly scrumptious she is. And it's like a scary cannibal song. Like, oh my god, I'm not okay with it. Do people not know what scrumptious means? I mean, you use it for food or something sexual, and that's it. <laughs> if someone says you're scrumptious, they want to eat and or fuck you. <laughs> so these three singing back and forth about how they're truly, truly scrumptious sets my spine a-chillin'. <laughs> I know language changes over time. But the language, no, the thing is, is that you are 1000% exactly. right on this. Because exactly. they use like delicious, mm -hmm. they use, they, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, I'm, I'm not a fan of that song either. But your reaction, I am a fan of. <laughs> you say what I feel in my heart. <laughs> Outrage is a white man's privilege. Yeah, yeah, as it what, is. As what's-his-name says from The Boys Season 2. But mm -hmm. Anyways, after the fuck-all-creepy song, Truly goes to Rocket Man to tell him how great his children are. The kids are spying on the two of them and being like, Are they fucking yet? I want Truly for a new mommy. The scene changes. I still think they're clones. <laughs> Especially with his line later about being their nursemaid and all of that. The kids are clones. The kids, yeah. There was no Mrs. Potts. He just, <laughs> he just jerked off on a chicken egg and put it in the oven, and then nine months later. <laughs> but it was a double yolk. It was a double yolk. That's how he got twins. And then he went, this is excellent for an experiment. I'm going to revolutionize the child labor industry. Clones don't have human rights. They're property. How can I be abusing myself? They came from me. And a chicken. And a chicken. That's why their heads jerk around and so on. <laughs> but chickens don't have rights. Uh, especially not in 19-whenever England. The end kids had about the same amount of rights. <laughs> Anyways... After the fuck... Wait, well, no, it's a... Uh, yes. Are they fucking yet? I want truly for a new mommy. The scene changes and Jeremy is in the back of the car going, I'm looking for pirates. And then the show gets weird. <laughs> the kids ask their daddy to tell them a story about pirates. And then they see a boat on the horizon, which spurs Rocket Man to tell a story about 
Baron Bomburst, the ruler of Bulgaria, and the most evil man in the world, who has sailed all the way to England to steal the fantastic Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And then you get a... Which, on the screen. They do do that, which... So, <clears throat> this is the point of the show where I start to not like it because it gets really fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I have it in my notes where I'm like, okay, 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 let me read this note and then we'll talk about it. All right. Okay, yes, yeah, so Baron Bomburst, the ruler of Lagaria, has come to get Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And, uh, is Chitty powered by old-timey LSD? Because, uh... <laughs> The ship on the horizon then turns into a pirate ship, and Chitty turns into a raft, and a high seas chase ensues, and everyone is taking it seriously. Are they Are they going to end with this? Just them being back on the beach, tripping balls in the car? <laughs> so, the reason... Kay is laughing is because that is almost exactly what happens. My sans uh, LSD. That would have made it better. Every every second of this piece of shit going forward from right now, they are just sitting in their fucking car on the beach while their father spins this fantastical tale that he pulled right out of his ass. And it's dumb. The, the <laughs> events that happen are fucking stupid. And then the show at the very end just goes, it was all just a story. They're just sitting in the car. Wasn't that fun? Time has not passed. <laughs> Which just prompted me to shout, fuck you, movie, uh, at the screen about six times. And I raged. I raged for a while, dear <laughs> listeners. I raged for a while before we sat down to record this. I was okay with all the weirdness and the whimsy because it was like in-universe and I was just accepting it as a product of what this show is. And then it veers into into this nonsense makeup, make-believe story. And then it goes right back... To them just sit... Why couldn't they just go fucking do something? Why couldn't mm -hmm. they just do something else instead of the litany of stupidity that I'm about to read? Why did they have to do this choice? Who thought it was a good idea? I want to nail their dick to a plank of wood <laughs> and then cover it in termites. I think it was Roald Dahl. Fuck you, Roald Dahl. Is he dead? Yes. Very. Good. Good. I'm glad you're dead. You... <laughs> fucking asshole where's his grave i need to shit on his grave that's my mecca that will be my mecca before i die i will find roll doll's grave and i will take a big steaming shit right on it love warren you piece of shit i can't wait to go to hell so i can find you uh, I'm, I'm assuming it was his idea because A, it has his name all over it, and B, he was the main screenwriter for this. 
and and remember, remember, he got mad at the changes made to Willy Wonka. Well, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Bookman, whatever, whatever the fuck. Anyway, he got mad at Willy Wonka when he did this <laughs> to Ian Fleming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Anyways. The pirate chase scene can... Okay, now remember, listener, those who have not seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, everything going forward right now is not happening. They are just telling a bullshit story in the car while on the beach. So the pirate chase <laughs> scene continues until the car deflates. Oh yeah, because remember, it turned into a raft. <laughs> deflates and drives back on shore to escape the pirates. The Baron Bomburst then talks to his two spies who look like they're hiding in periscopes. <laughs> and tells the spies to take the spies then take off their vent disguise and talk about how to disguise themselves as English people to blend in. We then see Rocket Man and Truly talking while the kids are passed out in the back seat mm-hmm. from the action-packed pirate adventure earlier. <laughs> and after Rocket Man drops off Truly, we see the two Vulgarian spies popping out of the bushes with fiendish grins on their face. Truly then Okay, goddammit, fuck you movie. So <laughs> <laughs> this See scene, how bad it gets this the scene, more that you think about This it? scene right here with... Tr- so, so... <laughs> Rocket Man is sitting with his fucking kids in the car singing... With Truly. With Truly singing about how Truly is singing about him. <laughs> that is fucked up. Could you... So then, after we escape the pirates, I drop Truly off, and then she sings about how she wants to fuck me. What? <laughs> she just sings on her manor grounds about how much she wants my dick inside of her. What are you? Your children are right here. You should not be saying this. Okay, so, and if you think I'm joking, Truly then sings about what a lovely man Rocket Man is, and how she's met so many men who are all so easy to forget, but Rocket Man is just so damn fuckable. She can't get him out of her head. And if you think I'm wrong, she's singing about how a sudden summer storm is inside of her. Hot and wet inside her right now. You tell me to my face this is not a song about her wanting to fuck him. God damn, the Sherman brothers were horny. He's singing about her singing about her wanting to fuck him. This pompous prick is so full of himself. Uh, Anyways, Truly spins around and dances in the field for a bit before pushing a two-person love swing and returning back to her daddy's mansion. The scene cuts to the spies packing dynamite into a bridge and trying to blow it up, then pulling a full-on Looney Tunes trick by putting a drop-down, like, cloth picture over the tunnel entrance and hiding their truck behind it so that Chitty will drive through the picture and into the back of their truck to then be stolen. But the plan fails because Truly's dick of a father is honking behind Rocket Man, who pulls off the road, lets him pass, and right into the trap. The spies then take the car, dress themselves up, and try to kidnap Rocket Man at his home, but instead mistake the grandfather and kidnap him instead by calling in a zeppelin and hooking it to Grandpa's chicken coop and hauling him away in his chicken coop. Fuck, I hate reading that back. 
I hated writing it. I really hate reading it back, especially knowing that this is just that jerk off <laughs> asshole sitting in the back of his car telling this shitty story to his kids and the woman who that he's insistent wants his dick. I just, uh, I wish I had funding and talented people that I could say, here's here's the skit I want you to do. I want you to make this skit. Two children and a woman sitting in a car looking at each other and back at, at their psycho as he's relate. Oh, God damn it. Fuck. Okay, okay. When, when our niece is bigger, then we can do that. <laughs> I'm sure Cookie hey, won't mind. Hey, Cookie, can we borrow Diana? We need her for a skit. What are you going to do with my child? Okay. Rocket Man. <laughs> Truly, and the kids spot the kidnapping in progress and attempt to catch up to the Zeppelin, but instead drive off a cliff and fall to their deaths. Yay! I'm so glad the show is over. Thanks, everybody! Please tune in next week for whatever show we, we, we are doing next week. Right, Kay? Okay. That's a wrap. No? I can't, I can't just end the show here? Can we end Fuck. it? Can't we end it with them plunging into the sea in a fiery crash? I would really like it if we can end it here with them plunging into the sea in a fiery crash. Please don't make me go anymore. I'm sorry, darling. This is becoming on the same level as Doctor Doolittle for me. Just the joy that I am having with your rants about this. Just so that you know. So, they plunge off the cliff and to their deaths. Surely, right? They drove off a cliff. Surely, after this intermission and chipper music, surely we're going to come back from this intermission to a funeral scene, right? The entire group will just be buried in the car because their mangled corpses were so indistinguishable, they'll just put them in one mass grave together. Here lies shitty, shitty, bang, bang, fuck these people. But no, we're back from intermission, watching the car plummet off the cliff, and wings, cloth wings, unfold <laughs> from the car, and it flies. <laughs> I always thought that the car flew because it was magic, not foldable wings, but whatever, that kind of comes back later. <laughs> Fuck. So many unanswered questions that I am more f filled with rage than a desire to have them answered. We cut to Grandpa in his chair. Okay, I did like this song. Yes, I found this song, this song entertaining. Was charming. I felt like this song, uh, as you have said it before, would be a good rehearsal song, mm -hmm. uh, audition song. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, we cut to Grandpa in his chicken coop as it's being hauled away by a zeppelin. And he sings about his posh travel life, and the bad guys above panic about losing altitude and start throwing things overboard, including the spies who hit the water and have to swim for it. <laughs> so, do you recall enough of the posh song to no, sing any? No, okay. I don't. It's it's entertaining, and my my throat hurts too much from <laughs> laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. 
Don't laugh too hard, baby. You owe me something after today. You better save some of that throat for me later. <laughs> Cutting back to the less than magical car as it's nighttime and the kids are asleep and truly wakes up to be like, where the fuck are we? And Rocket Man is like, big shrug, scrum jiddly umptious. Fuck if I know. Fuck if I know. Somewhere over the Atlantic, I think. <laughs> and he explains that the car knows where they're going. Yay! <laughs> the car knows. Follow the car. It's all the homing pigeons he cranked into it. <laughs> See, and I thought that was how they were going to explain how the car flies. Oh, I jammed 10,000 pigeons into the engine. And they're just flapping in there. That's how car flies. It makes as much sense as foldable cloth wings, if I'm being honest. And at least that would explain why the car knows where it's going because of the pigeons and their fucking magnetic noses. Oh my god. Not oh just, my god. I don't know. I'm just letting the car steer itself because that seems like a good idea. I'm gonna my, die. My father's been abducted by some... Eastern European evil guy, and I'll just let my car steer itself to go save him. You know what? You know what? Next time we're driving somewhere we've never been. No. Fuck it. I'll just let the car decide how we get there. No. Come on, car. We have a GPS. Just listen to the GPS and turn. No! I mean, that's about how Tesla's self driving cars work anyway. So. Oh, man. <laughs> It's funny because people have died. Uh, anyways, the bad guys arrive back in Bulgaria and welcome their guest slash hostage slash kidnapped crazy old guy that they've mistaken for an eccentric inventor, Grandpa. And he tries to explain that he is not an inventor and the Baron calls the executioner. So Grandpa quickly backtracks and is like, what would you like me to invent? And Grandpa's directed to his prison away from home, where he's directed to alter the baronial car and make it float on water. If he succeeds, he'll be made some title of importance. If he fails, he'll be killed and fed to the dogs. Grandpa then goes and talks to his forced labor colleagues, who tell him what a living hell this place is, <laughs> and all the horrible tortures they have to endure, like thumbscrews and the rack. And one of the guys is like, when I came here, I was a little person. And he's like a fucking NBA player now. <laughs> Anyways, the unpaid workforce gives a rather entertaining song about how the ashes of failure grow the roses of success. And boom, they blow up the baronial car. <laughs> and you know, <clears throat> that scene is pretty great compared to... The rest of the movie, like, the scenes with the grandfather are really some of the best moments. And I, because <clears throat> I love that song, and I wish that, uh, I don't know, that song there makes me wish that maybe they had just played it straight, because then it wouldn't be that these moments of brilliance come from this lunatic in the car telling the kids and truly a story that's a self-insert AU. That's exactly right. It's a self-insert AU. He's mm -hmm. just going, life is not going my way, so let me tell you about how I wish life was going for me, this great inventor who's super horny. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang, self-insert, all lemons. 
I can't believe I made a lemons joke with twi- with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and I apologize. I can believe it. You're fucked up. <laughs> but that's why we work. Because yes. I'm also fucked up. Yes. And Latte is like, um, can you guys stop? So. Okay. Stop with the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car. Yep. Yep. So. Yes, and that's one thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so going back to what you had said, I do wish they would have played this straight because you could still find reasons to insert these good bits Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like, there's plenty of other scenarios, literally literally a thousand other scenarios you could come up with where you could still use some of these entertaining songs. Mm -hmm. And it's just frustrating that we instead have this lunatic's alternate universe where he wants to be way cooler than he is. Yeah. People are people are kidnapped or willing to kidnap him. Yeah. Because of how great he is. Yeah. Okay. Instead of doing dog whistles. <laughs> we're not there yet. Oh wait, wait, yeah, well okay. Yes, we but sort no. of we're there. Yeah. Yes, true. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, back at Chitty who is flying over the mountains of Europe, they come to the evil Baron's castle with its Cinderella spires and whatnot. Chitty scares the evil Vulgarians who proceed to shoot cannons at them. <laughs> Rocket Man lands the car in a nearby village, which Rocket Man doesn't know the name of when he invented the villain who is the Baron of what? Vulgaria. <laughs> How do you not know the name of this place? It's Vulgaria, you <laughs> dipstick fuck. <laughs> uh, just... I have no idea where we've landed in this story that I've made up. Here, to defeat the Baron of Vulgaria. Where are we? <laughs> so the Baron sends out the guards and the ugh, child catcher who... uh. Yeah, that guy's creepy. Your response, just, Jesus, uh, fuck! Uh-huh. <laughs> that was so great. Uh-huh. And I get, I I now understand and empathize with your creeped-outness of the child catcher. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I would make jokes about, like, a child catcher because I hadn't seen this and I didn't know there was a child catcher, it was just me being a sick, twisted fuck <laughs> making jokes. And you were like, oh, God, that reminds me of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and the sick, twisted fuck who's the child catcher. I'm like, wait, there's a child catcher in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? You mean, oh, you, Chitty Bang, that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. There's a child catcher in it. <laughs> Why? Now I know. And I don't like it. I'm quite upset. Stop laughing at my pain. <sighs> okay. So, anyways, the group of not-Vulgarians are trying to be incognito, but they stick out like broken thumbs. The villagers are staring at them when they hear the sounds of horns, and everyone fucking scatters and runs inside. A nearby small business owner ushers the broken thumbers inside his establishment and hides them, hurrying to explain that kids are against the law in Vulgaria because the Baroness hates kids. Okay, um, how do you replenish your population? No one explained that to them. 
I mean, we know that they kidnap, but they don't kidnap children. Do you just perpetually kidnap over 18-year-olds forever to replenish your population? Okay. Remember, this is a shitty story made up in the back of a car (laughs) to try and impress a hot piece of ass in your pants. A rich hot piece. Of it would have made more sense if this was some sort of interactive storytelling, like they were doing a Dungeons and Dragons campaign before Dungeons and Dragons had been invented. That would have been more entertaining. Oh, so it would have made more sense. That could be. Oh God, there should be a Dungeons and Dragons musical. That could be fucking. That would be fucking shit. amazing. Oh, that'd be entertaining as hell. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, things that are better than this aside, <laughs> the child catcher shows up and. Fuck. I see what Kay has been saying. This motherfucker is such a creepy fuck. Anyways, the guards and the child catcher show up, and the kid catcher smells out where the kids are. And the guards break down the toy maker's house and proceed to ransack the place looking for the kids. The entire family are hiding inside large jack-in-the-boxes, and somehow fool the child catcher who says that his big fucking evil nose has never failed him before, but he's fooled by this. You disgrace for a child murderer. <laughs> okay, to be fair, catcher. We don't yeah, ever see him, we kill, don't see any him children, kill any children. And but he, he just abducts them to take them to be killed. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... Your Honor! I did not kill any of these children. I simply took them to the place where they would be killed. (laughs) I am innocent. Which I do wonder, like, what was the end game with Jeremy and Jemima? Because, I mean, we'll get to it, but all that they're doing is putting them in a cell. Are they leaving them there until they turn 18 and then they're forced (laughs) to be in society as, like... What? Oh god, that'd be the most backward system. No children! We put them in prison until they're adults, and then we let them out. But they won't know anything or know how to do anything because we didn't educate them or give them any kind of training. Our homeless population is insane! <laughs> I just, I don't know, like... <sighs> Actually, they wouldn't have homeless population, they'd just kill them. Yeah, yeah, because the Baron of Bulgaria is fucking terrible <laughs> nuts yeah okay yeah. he's a henry the eighth motherfucker <laughs> i have a joke about that yay anyways <laughs> the bad guys capture chitty and they all leave the toy maker's house in triumph and return to the castle with the flying car rocket man asks the toy maker what the fuck is up with this insane land and the toy maker tells him you made this story up you tell me what's with this insane <laughs> land you pompous <laughs> piece of shit is what I wish he would have said, but I wrote this note with before knowing that he was just telling the story in the back of his car. So, <laughs> the toy maker tells him to take his family and his scrumptious lady and get the fuck out of Bulgaria. But they're like, no, we have to save Grandpa. And Rocket Man leaves the kids and truly in the toy maker's basement and leaves with the toy maker to infiltrate the castle. At the castle, the flying car is brought in, and the Baron demands that the Grandpa take him and his Baroness for a ride. (laughs) The Grandpa, pushing buttons at random, accidentally hits the ejector seat and yeets the Baroness into the (laughs) air. 
The Baron laughs and laughs and tells his guards to get his gun so that he can shoot the Baroness down by, like, shooting holes in her big poofy umbrella-like dress to bring her down, I guess? (laughs) I do love... So there's this weird underlining (coughs) plot where the Baron hates the Baroness and wants to kill her. Mm Mm-hmm. But he, rather than, like, divorce her or Henry VIII the bitch, he just doesn't. No. And so when he tells him to get, yeah, it's it's just, so when he tells him to get the gun, he's holding his gun. He's like, I've been waiting 20 years for this, assuming to shoot at her. Yeah, yeah. And another side note, he has a shotgun. Mm Mm-hmm. Not a precision instrument. No. If your goal is to shoot holes in something to, like, let air pass through... He's up there hitting her with buckshot, which I'm not against, because the Baroness is evil. But you're shoot you're shooting her down, not shooting her down. So, uh, but yes, the umbrella, yeah, pull the umbrella dress inverts, and the Baroness falls into the lake and doesn't die for some reason. Because at that height, it would be like hitting concrete. Mm-hmm. Back at the fucking child catcher, this sick fuck is dressed in colorful outfit and holding candy and calling for the children, saying that he's got lollipops and ice creams and all sorts of yummy, yummy treats for the <laughs> low, low price of free today only and only for kids. These dumb fucking kids... No, they are in a life or death situation in a land where kids are outlawed and they and that it's that this sick fuck was just here <laughs> in this very room that they are in now. He looked them in their fucking faces while they were pretending to be jack in the boxes. But now that he's donned a colorful coat and is offering candy, their smooth child brains fall right out of their fucking skulls and the two <laughs> dumb fucks run outside and ride into the child catcher's child cage on wheels and the kid snatcher laughs and laughs evilly as he takes them to the castle. Just... And uh, again. And again, it's their fucking father who thinks that they're dumb as shit telling this story in the back of his fucking car. I'm just, I just, uh, that's why I want there to be a skit where the kids are just like, um, daddy, why the fuck would we go out there when he was just in here and we fooled him somehow by pretending to be giant dolls? Daddy, 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 have have you been on the dope again, father? Daddy, you're just as good of a storyteller as you are an inventor. Okay, Rocket Man and Truly watch the dumb fuck kids slap dick their way into mortal danger and are taken by the toy maker to where the village is hiding their kids. In some underground place, they've apparently been hiding them there for 12 years. And when one of the kids asks Rocket Man if he's there to save them, he and Truly just fucking sing to the kids and the toy maker comes out to be like that's it a song the fuck <laughs> and rocket man is like it's that shitty baron's birthday tomorrow right let's give him a birthday he's never going to forget and everyone cheers side note they're in vulgaria everybody in vulgaria has talked with a german accent 
But for some goddamn reason, when they're in this underground area with all the kids who have mm. been in here, the kid that asks him, are you here to save us, is talking with an English accent. Yeah. Why is he not talking with a German accent? Could they not coach this kid to talk with a German accent? Even a bad German accent would have been better than a misplaced, out-of-context English accent. It's because Caractacus's uh, accent slipped when he was telling the story. <laughs> you must have been. <laughs> shitty, shitty storyteller. Okay, okay. The scene changes to the Baron who was going to his Baroness's room to sing about how it's his birthday and how much he loves her. But he's trying to kill her the entire time. And here, I thought he was coming to her room for his birthday sex. <laughs> but I guess he fucking hates her? Why? Why doesn't he pull a Henry VIII and axe the bitch? <laughs> Anyways, the physical comedy in this scene is great, but I fucking hate this oochie-woochie-goochie-coochie-hoochie yeah. song. It's right up there with erp! Erp! <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> if you don't get that reference, uh, uh, guys and dolls. It's damn Yankees. No, damn, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Kay. Fuck me. God damn it. Damn Yankees. Later. Anyways, downstairs in the castle, people are dancing while the Baron is bored and hating life. Poor Baron. The Baroness calls in the toy maker for the Baron's birthday surprise, and the surprise is a nightmare for me. <laughs> they bring in... A big music box toy that has truly dressed like a, a doll and singing about how she's a doll under a spell waiting for love's kiss. And when her nightmare song ends, <laughs> we get Rocket Man, who is a dancing doll acting like a wobbly-legged marionette. And these two creepy fuckers are like... Chucky level horror giving me nightmares, and I'm a 34 year old man who hates this entire scene with a primordial passion that I cannot quantify in a manner that doesn't make me seem foolish. But you know what? I don't care. I hate this. I hate this so much. I want this to be over so that I can never watch this ever again. Fuck me. Later. So, <laughs> Rocket Marionette Man is singing to truly horrifying doll lady and everyone applauses except me and the baron who was like just a minute and he goes down to inspect the dolls because he's like is that painted flesh it sure doesn't look like wood <laughs> and when he honks rocket marionette man's nose he sneezes and then launches into another dance and the baron joins in because everyone in this movie is a moron <laughs> anyways it's all the lead there you go. Rocket Marionette Man sneaks a hook into the Baron's lederhosen and gets him hauled into the air. Children then emerge from every nook and cranny with rope, nets, and weapons in hand and proceed to launch a coup d'etat against the nobility of Bulgaria. And when the guards are called in to squash the rebels, they slip and fall on the ground, because of course they do. The Rock. kids like threw some yeah, jelly there was like or some candy, you know, yeah. slippery jelly treats and shit. But you know, uh, it's not oil. It's not, and they didn't cover the whole fucking floor. It's just like this one strip, and it's just fucking stupid. <laughs> Anyways, Rocket Man and Truly leave amongst the chaos and free their children. All while the mole children go French Revolution all over the place and let in the adult villagers who join in the revolt. They corner the child catcher and net him. 
The Baron gets dropped from his rope and scurries along the floor with the Baroness to escape through the cellar. They go down a garbage chute and right into the child catcher's child cage. The <laughs> mole children and the villagers of Bulgaria have successfully completed their coup, and all that is left is to execute the Baron and... Wait, wait, Ch Ch Chitty comes in, and they pile in to Chitty, <laughs> and they fly away before we get to watch the execution. I feel cheated! And, God, wait, what? Fuck you, movie! God damn it, you all to the deepest pits of the worst part of hell. They're just back at the fucking beach finishing this stupid story that they made up while tripping on LSD Okay, so this was all just a dream sequence. Mm -hmm. Nothing actually happened, and Rocket Man takes Truly home, and she yells at him because he called her a snob. And as they're driving away, the kids are like, Will we ever see Truly again, Papa? And Rocket Man is like, Uh, she's kind of a snob, so we'll see. Anyways, uh, they get home to see that Daddy Scrumptious is in their driveway, and He's in their house playing toy soldiers with Grandpa, and it turns out that Grandpa was Daddy Scrumptious's boot shiner or some shit. Small world, right? And to top it off, those stupid flute sweets that Rocket Man invented, well, they suck for humans, but dogs apparently <laughs> love them. So Daddy Scrumptious is here to have Rocket Man sign a contract to be rich with his woof sweets. Candies for dogs. Yeah, you heard me right. Anyways, before Rocket Man signs the contract, he rushes out and gets into Chitty and hauls ass down the road, almost hitting Truly, who for the third time veers off the road and into the same fucking pond. Rocket Man runs into the pond, scoops up Truly, tells her that her father is at his house, which she already knew, and that he's going to be rich, which truly is excited for him and all. And Rocket Man is super happy that he succeeded in something, completely ignoring the fact that he rebuilt a destroyed car. <gasps> and while holding Truly in the scummy pond, the two kiss, and then they get in Chitty and fucking fly away. And the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang song comes back in, and the closing credits... Fuck this movie. I hate it. I'm the sorry. end. So, there's some things to unpack real quick. Um, okay, so as we've been complaining, the whole Vulgaria adventure was just a fever dream in the back of the car. He drops off truly, mm -hmm. and over the course of the discussion, she gets upset because he called her a snob. Mm -hmm. But then, when he's rushing to go fine truly yeah. and they almost hit each other she's no longer angry at him and yeah so not angry that the two mac and she makes the comment now you have to marry me <laughs> welcome to the 60s Whoa, oh, 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 oh. and then oh. and then the car flies away yeah no wings this time no no yeah. unfolding cloth wings just Thousands of pigeons crammed into the engine, <laughs> and the car just just flies away. 
Just panicked cooing. <laughs> uh, uh, um, I'm glad this show didn't make back its budget. I'm glad it was a financial failure because it's an artistic failure. And uh, oh, I... Uh, it's one of those things where, like, the choreography is really good, the singing's good, the dance... Uh, like, there are positive elements about it. Yeah. There are individual positive elements, but as a whole... As a whole, it's not... Uh-uh. I, I, re-watching this, I went, oh, that's why I don't remember anything. <laughs> like, other than the music and the dancing, is because the plot fucking sucks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-huh, and as uh-huh, soon as it got uh-huh. to the little, I was like, "Oh fuck, that's right." I, <laughs> I, I don't like that. I wish they would have just played it straight the oh, whole yeah. time. Oh yeah. Uh, I because it just makes Rocket Man extra fucking insane mm-hmm. that he's just telling this stupid, stupid, horrible story Mm -hmm. in this car to his children and his fuck interest Mm -hmm. complete with her singing a song complete with her singing a song about how she's all hot and wet for him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm done i'm done i'm i this this show makes me want to go drink (laughs) (laughs) sorry darling Oh, man. So, uh, do you have anything you'd like to say about this show? Um, I don't know. It's it's one that I feel like people can see once. Um, there is... If you must. Yeah, there is a stage version of this. Uh. I have never seen the stage version because... Every time that it was playing here, I just kind of was like, oh, that doesn't seem like something I want to see. And I don't remember liking Chitty Chitty Bang. And now I'm sitting here like, okay, yeah, no, I, there's a reason that I basically pushed out everything except for the songs, the child catcher. <laughs> oh, I will never. Car I will never forget. My mind. I will never, never forget the child catcher. Mm-hmm. Or the fucking marionette doll dancing music yeah, box yeah. nightmare shit. Yeah, those Which, two, those I, two will live in my brain and fornicate for the rest of my life, making new nightmares for decades to come. It's too bad too, because the dancing is impressive in that scene, but it's creepy as fuck. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. You want to be impressed, but then you're like, fuck. I, I, I couldn't be impressed because I was too horrified and wigged out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And like, with with Truly and her like acting like a, 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 a do, basically doing the robot while mm-hmm. singing. Free robot. Free robot. Like her bit. I mean, there was skill and talent that went into that, and I don't like it <laughs> at all. Well, I will tell you that, so we we are done with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. We can put that on the shelf uh-huh. now. Um, I had a couple of options going into what we were going to watch next. Are you giving me a multiple choice selection or have you already decided? I've already decided okay. because when we were partway through this movie, I was like, you know, 
your reaction to this makes me want to have us watch something like Yellow Submarine or Litstomania just to keep that weird going. But with how much the ending fucked you over, I think we're going to do another head-to-head instead. Really? Yes. Okay. What well, Hit me with it. What are we doing? So we are going to be comparing two different versions of Hairspray. Oh, okay. Which I I really like this show I've, a I've, lot. I've heard good things from not just you, but other yeah. people. Yeah, I really like this show a lot. Um, I've and, and again, this is the one, like, well, not necessarily the one that we're watching, but this is the, the musical that I always think of where John Travolta's in drag. Yes, right? yeah. yes. Um, and so uh, I've I've done this show before with a youth theater group when it was me and two other black kids that were <laughs> able to be in it. <laughs> That's actually the way that it always went with that youth theater group, which was made once on this island really weird. They had a quota. <laughs> no more than two color people. That's it. It was it was really fucking weird doing once on this island. The, the, um, the, the cast is Raisin Bran. You are the raisins in it. Basically, yeah. We are the raisins in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... With with uh, hairspray, I've been the times that I did it for this youth theater group. I was Motormouth Maybell, which in uh, the 2007 version, which we'll be watching second in the head to head. We're gonna watch the stage version first, is... and then the 2007 version is the one with John Travolta. Okay, and uh, Queen Latifah plays <gasps> Motormouth. Yes, yes, I like Queen Latifah. Yes, and uh, also. Amanda Bynes is in that one. Um, yeah, it'll kind of remember her. No worries. It'll it'll be fun. Um, it'll be interesting to see which one you kind of vibe with more, because there is some division out there about them. Now, this might be. Uh, you can refuse to answer this if you want. If mm-hmm. you feel like it'll give it away. Are these as different as say hair? Was. No, okay. no, they're closer. They are much closer. Okay. It's just more. See, that's, that's it's the with translation tears. from stage to film. Well, you know, would, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, um, um, because relatively, Godspell, the theater version and the movie version are mm-hmm. close enough. Yeah, it's just that one had a bigger playground to play in. Yes, so they had more variety in scenes that way. Yeah, um, but relatively, they're they're close enough that, mm-hmm. yeah. So I wasn't sure if it was that kind of difference or if it was like hair where they're just wildly yeah, fucking yeah, different. Yeah, no. Different, it is <clears throat> It is not the same variety of different from hair. It's honestly once upon a mattress level. Oh, okay. So one is stage and what you would see if you were to see it on Broadway and the other is what happens when you have multiple cameras that can follow <laughs> you around. <laughs> And can move from location to location. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm excited to do it because I really like Hairspray. Um, the, I will probably end up singing along to I Know Where I've Been because that was a audition song. Please That do. was my, I have a video of me singing it at graduation in high school. Like, that song is my fucking jam. So, um, yeah. Well, I think you might have to sing some of it on the podcast, too. I, I may sing it when we're doing the episode. Yay! Not right now, though, because my throat's shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling it a little bit in mine, too. Yep. And the smoke did not help. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. 
I bet the sun's going to be bright red again tonight, and it'll be really creepy. Like an alien world. Yeah. So, anyway, next week, we will be covering the uh, 2016, yes, 2016 version of Hairspray Live. Woo! So, thank you all so much for listening. Um, Sorry if you like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I'm not. uh, (sighs) Opinions can be different. Yes, to each their own. If you like something I don't like, that is absolutely okay. As long as it's pedophilia, I can never, ever encourage that. Something's wrong with you. Get help. Um, the way that you phrased that sounded a little weird. So, yeah, if it is if it is something like pedophilia, no. <laughs> we <laughs> here at Tone Deaf are explicitly against pedophilia or the snatching of children. Yes. For anything other than eating purposes. Um, don't look at me like that. You were the only one to go shopping yesterday, and I'm a little concerned now. They were out of Italian ground sausage, okay? So I found an Italian, and I made some sausage. Hey, you liked that chorizo the other day. Uh, So that got dark and twisted and kind of fucked up. Um... So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you would like to reach out to Kay and myself, you can do so at our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There we have links to all of our social medias, our uh, Twitters, our Facebooks, our Instagrams, as well as a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server, where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel, where we like to talk about our favorite uh, totally cannibal-free recipes. Uh, please feel free to drop in and say hi and talk about all sorts of fucked up shit actually no <laughs> no don't don't, uh, don't. <laughs> i mean you know it's it's a sliding scale well i i find chitty chitty bang bang to be fucked up but someone else might not find it to be fucked up oh so. god damn it <laughs> see this is the problem with to each their own is it's it's a lot of gray it's a lot of gray that you're that you're opening up out there we got some darker gray we got some lighter gray and then you get some grayer gray, and then some darker, lighter, grayer gray, and some darker, 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 lighter gray. Fucking hell. There's a lot of gray out there. Oh, God, if you want to help out the show, you can do so by going to iTunes, leaving a five-star review. You can also do that at Podchaser. Fucking Christ. <laughs> um... If you if you leave five star reviews, it helps the show move up the charts. Don't know how it works. It's something to do with algorithms and stuff. Um, it's the AI that's going to take over the yeah, world. It's the AI that's going to take help over the world. Help us appease the. I almost said alien. The AI overlords. Yes. With 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 your loving support. Yes. Um, if you want to go above and beyond, you can do so by going to Patreon, which is tone deaf or Patreon, which is tone deaf musical. Uh, there we've got a bunch of different tiers that you can do. Uh, we've also got our Tee Public, which has t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, masks. Please wear a mask. Social distance still. Get vaccinated. All that good stuff. Please, God. Um, anyway, that'll, that'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm still Warren. This has been Tone Down.
lost his last grips of sanity and he reached over and he tickled Kay. Ah, 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 no, 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 he tickled no. Kay mercilessly. <laughs> mercilessly.